Welcome back to Following Noadon, a Stormlight podcast. Today, we are wrapping up the entirety of Rhythm of War. Welcome to the last time we will be talking exclusively about Rhythm of War and only Rhythm of War. Paul, how are you? Oh, fantastic. I, I, I'm so excited for this uh, this episode in particular, where we get to just zoom out, look at Rhythm of War as a whole, um, and, and kind of compare and contrast with our other books. Absolutely thrilled. Elliot? I am so Cosmere hyped right now. We just finished Rhythm of War, and then all three of us just got back like two days ago from Dragon Steel 2022, where we got constant 24 7. It, well, it wasn't seven days long, but 24 2 days <laughs> long worth of Cosmere exposure and excitement and theories. And it was, it was pretty awesome. And I'm still, still on that high. Fabulous. Fabulous. We, this is the, zoom out full book review like you guys were saying so we'll go through our ratings of the book our general thoughts on how it went a couple other finer points we'll also be talking about what we knew at the end of oathbringer and how our predictions went for rhythm of war specifically and then we'll be looking at at stormlight 5 for for more predictions that we can put on record to get wrong later so without further ado let's talk about rhythm of war All right, who would like to go first to rate the book? Me, I guess. All right. I was going to say I can, but we'll, I'll let Elliot go. We'll go with Elliot. Okay, so we've got our same categories. We've rated all the, the other books, so we can, can compare to, to those ones. I'll start with uh, the category you put out for us, Trevor, of plot. I went... I went full 10. I went full 10 on the plot here. And I kind of wrapped into this one a little bit of the pacing of the book or the way the plot kind of played out, the way we experienced the plot, not just the the actual plot itself. For me, it just worked. And I, I have a hard time explaining it. There were slow moments. There were parts where I didn't know where the story was going. And then there were parts that just really wraps some things up in really satisfying ways that I haven't quite gotten from these Stormlight Archive books yet. Oathbringer had this, you know, huge emotional high adrenaline rush at the end of it. I didn't get that here in Rhythm of War, but it felt more cohesive. It felt very planned out, the book did. It felt like all the pieces were there for a reason. It felt like we touched on all of our characters, except for one, which I'll talk about in my next category here, which I guess I'll jump to. Our next category is characters. I rated Rhythm of War 9 out of 10. Because of what I was just kind of getting into, I thought our character development in this book was fantastic. Kaladin had some amazing moments in this book. Shallan had some amazing moments in this book. At best moments 
some of the best moments of Shalon so far, I think. Adolin, fantastic moments. Navani, fantastic moments. I docked at a point because of Venli. I think Venli got a little bit run over by the bus in yeah. in this book. I the the parts of Venli that we got were good. They really were. There was some really good stuff. I liked the journey that she went on. I loved the closure we got at the end. It felt very wrapped up with that moment that she got with her mother at the end. So I felt the I I felt the journey. I felt the growth. It just seemed very overshadowed by everything else. And with her being kind of being the focus or or the the flashback point of view for this book, it felt a little bit harsh uh, to her. So nine out of ten only on characters, world building. I I'm gonna be surprised. Now I shouldn't say this because then you'll record it and play it back to me later. <laughs> I'll say it anyway. I'm gonna be surprised if I ever rate a Brandon Sanderson book less than ten on world building. It his his world building is second to none. And the more I get into the Cosmere, the the more I firmly stand behind that ten. You, you can just go so deep. There are so many twists and turns and hidden little corners in this universe that he has fleshed out. It is it is genius the way he just kind of interlocks everything. I've never read an author who even comes close to this kind of world building. Theme. Theme, I gave it a I gave it a nine. I gave it a nine because I loved the plot themes that we saw for things like the the mental health and the the self-awareness and they are not veil well veil yes actually shallan and veil's interaction and kind of the little bit of, of resolution we got there i kind of smushed into the theme which i think was great navani's theme i thought was great of kind of this this self-doubt but discovering how you who's kind of overshadowed by these big macho warrior type heroes can figure out how to contribute in this huge massive world as just a, an engineer or a scholar it was really good uh talked it a little bit because it wasn't quite as cohesive as some of the other books you know, i felt like you know way of kings or oathbringer i finished the book thinking you know boom i know exactly what the the theme of that book was this one's a little more kind of all over the 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 page but we we do get some some really good themes amongst our characters so still really high with a nine point of view I've made fun of Paul in the past for using uh, decimal points in his scores, um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go back on that and uh, and use a decimal point myself. I'm gonna sneak in an eight point five on point of view here. I'm still I'm still docking some points off of Brandon Sanderson for a little bit of his writing style. Not that it's poor by any means. He's still a brilliant writer in the way that he does it. It's just not quite 10 out of 10 for my taste i wish that he would spend more time describing the scenery i wish he would spend more time away from the action and more of the paint a mental picture for me of what i'm seeing but that's that's not how he writes so i'm not telling him to do him do it any differently the way he does it works really well it's just not quite my favorite i i added in that 0.5 actually because this book went a little bit more in that direction than the previous ones. I think this one okay. out of all four did more descriptive storytelling than the others. 
there were moments in this book where we got like a whole paragraph with, you know, no dialogue or and, and not like, you know, the narrator telling you what a character is doing. It was just description of this is what the characters are seeing. You know, this is what your theory is, or, you know, there, there were just moments. I'm thinking specifically of when Kaladin is, is diving off the tower. It, that's that whole scene spans like four chapters actually. Yes. Where he's like slow motion diving down the tower. The, there's so many fantastic descriptions of the windspren and how all that plays out. So I, I thought I added up a little bit, 8.5. If I've done my math right, I think that comes out to 46.5 out of 50 on our scoring scale here, which you, re- you ready for the shock? That is the second highest scoring out of these four books. Behind. And it's above Oathbringer. I was going to say behind the Way of Kings. It's behind Way of Kings by half a point. That they're really tightly clustered. I did 47 for Way of Kings, 46 for Oathbringer, and Rhythm of War is coming in second with a 46.5. Nice. All right, Paul, your turn. I was going to say I might split the difference if you want to go next, but I can I can definitely go now. I'll I'll go ahead. Um okay, so I th- I think it's kind of funny because I think all of our answers to this we're pretty different. And this might be the most polarizing on like topic to topic that we've had. Yeah. So right off the bat, first uh, category of plot, uh, Elliot had a 10. I had a seven. Um, my seven is because th- this is a very bittersweet rating for me because I think a lot of the things that happen, a lot of the things that we get to see in this book, like, uh, Adolin appearing to the Spren, like Undercourt meeting our heralds, uh, stuff like that, like is super cool. But a lot of the way that it was logistically done felt like a drag. The exciting moments were super exciting, and I feel like there was a lot of dull moments. Um, and I'll, I'll get more into that. Also, that's the only reason why. Spoiler alert: My world building is not a ten. Uh, is partly because of that as well. Uh, but in summary, uh, I feel like a lot of our slow moments were really slow in this book, and so that's why I gave it a 7 for plot. Um, <clears throat> characters, I had 10. I had 10 out of 10. I like how we have, I feel like, the culmination of all of our characters in this story. Um, I could probably take off a half point here or a point for Venley. I think I agree with, with Elliot. But I'm leaving it at a 10 because overall... I think it was a really good job of character development with a lot of our characters, with Navani, with Kaladin, with Shallan, with even Dalinar, with... Ooh, ooh, ooh. Also, I think this may be the best development we've had for our villain characters. Okay. Which, you know, less exciting, pretty fun to talk about, right? But Moash, before this book, we hate him, right? Yeah. But now, like, it's way worse. He, he's even more devious. Um, Teravangian had some of the most complicated character development I've experienced in fiction, and I loved it. I loved it. Like, at least whether or not I like, like, actually like him as a character, I really like what was done with his story, because it was so fascinating and twisty-turny and stuff like that. So, I put character characters as a perfect 10. World building, I had a 9 out of 10. And that is... 
just for that is not me comparing Brandon Sanderson to other authors. I think I agree that he's probably the best world builder that I have read, which I've I've consumed a good bit of fiction, but I'm not that crazy well read with other authors. Um but where where I'm docking the point is compared to his other books that we've read. Uh it feels like some stuff is handed to us, which is really nice, but it feels like literally handed to us. I'm thinking when we had our big um was it called music theory courses here yeah. in the middle of the book as i was reading it it almost felt kind of jarring of like he would talk about like numbers of scales and then it was almost like a cut to like this is what a scale is and this is what a tone is and like things like that and it makes sense so the reader can understand what's being talked about and what's happening but it felt it didn't feel as smooth. So that's why I'm, I'm, I'm taking a point off of world building. Uh, moving forward to theme. I put the theme as a perfect 10 out of 10. And there, there are a lot of themes which, which I really liked. I feel like an overarching one is acceptance. Um, you could look at Navani with the sibling. You could look at Shalon and her whole storyline. Um, accepting like parts of herself. Um... I feel like you could even look at you can look at Kaladin for sure with like accepting a new style of life and ways to contribute and ways to serve. Uh, th- there's a lot that goes into that. Um I love the themes that Hoyd sets in the story. Um with Kaladin, I love the theme that Adolin sets with the Spren. I thought those were amazing. My my complaint that largely with this book, my largest complaints are like kind of pacing of this book, but the actual points, the culminations that it gets to and the messages it sends across, I can agree with Elliot that there, I didn't know that there was one solid individual takeaway, like maybe you could say with the way of Kings, but there are multiple in this and I thought they were all stellar. Um, last one, I have my point of view as a seven. That is a good bit for Venley. Um, of this did not feel like Venley's book at all. Okay. I, I never I never felt like this was Venley's book. Um I never grew that attached to Venley. Like I pro I like her more than I did before this book, I would say. But coming into this book, I was excited to kind of fall in love with another major character. And I don't think I really did. Um so that that was a big part of it. I know I had more and honestly, I'm kind of blanking the rest of my point of view rating. But a lot of it was with Venley. Um, oh, uh, you, you know, there's some parts that are just kind of jarring with how many point of views we have to cover. That actually doesn't take much away from me because I love having all of our characters involved in the story. But there is like an element that felt kind of kind of jarring with our our point of views. Oh. I think I remember why, um, why, what, oh, sorry, I'm backtracking a little bit. Uh, a, a reason why I'm taking off three points from point of view is a lot of our point of views, I feel like where there was cool character growth, I think it was lacking in like actual engagement. Like, I, I'm thinking a lot of with Navani and Raboniel. Okay. Honestly, a lot of that, it was pretty easy for me to, like, 
honestly gloss over and like mentally fast forward through it because it wasn't that engaging. We learned so much in this book about how the world works, but um, it didn't always feel super engaging from the point of view. So anyways, so that totals up to me for a 43 out of 50. Um, All right. So a lot of what you're saying, Paul, I agree with, um, but for different reasons. So here's what I will, here's what I'll go into here. Plot. This is the lowest grade I've ever given a, a Stormlight book. Plot, 6 out of 10. And here's why. The plot f- somewhat falls flat for me in this book because all of these storylines are so broken apart. And I do think... I almost said Delinar. I do think Brandon Sanderson does a, <laughs> does a good job of keeping them relevant with each other, even if like the characters don't know it at the time. You you're reading, you know, a Dalinar and then a Kaladin. You're reading Shalon and Navani at the same time, and they're deal they're struggling with a couple of the same things. And so, as a reader, it seems fairly cohesive, but not. It's not quite the united against the forces of evils that that Oathbringer feels like to me. That we're we're going to that it's split into two for Oathbringer. There's the tower, and then there's Kolinar. Here we're split into what four, five, maybe even for counting Venley. Um, so we have all of our different heroes kind of split and. It's fairly frustrating to me because I think a lot of where Brandon Sanderson shines is dialogue. I think his dialogue is the best in the best in fantasy, period. I really, really, really like Kaladin talking to Dalinar in part one of the book. And then they leave, they split up, and they don't talk to each other for the rest of the book. That... I understand that's where the plot has to go, especially for a middle book. I'll talk about this later, but this book feels more like a middle book than any other book in the Stormlight Archive to me. I think it struggles with a lot of the middle book syndrome that is in in quotes there because it's a common fault of the middle of the story. It doesn't have quite the same fulfilling character arcs. Even Oathbringer absolutely does not have that. And it's kind of interesting to think, well, in my opinion, at least. There are plenty of people who disagree with me. Oathbringer doesn't have middle book syndrome near as much as Rhythm of War does for me. But um, I'll get back to that here in a second. Characters is a nine. And you guys were either did or were tempted to dock a point for Venli. I... I'm fine with Venli. I really enjoy Venli. I, I enjoy her character arc in this book. I docked it for Dalinar. I don't think Dalinar changed from page one to page 1,100 and whatever in this book. He, at the beginning of the book, he's like, hmm, I need to discover some more about my powers. And then at the end of the book, he's still thinking that. That's where... Elliot, do you remember in Oathbringer you said that you felt the Kaladin story was a little dropped? Yep. It's the same thing here uh, for me, except it's with Dalinar. I don't feel like Dalinar moves at all, maybe maybe I could say. 
world building is a 10 for all the same reasons you guys were talking about. Paul, you you gave it a nine, and while you were while you were talking about this, it made me think. And this goes back to the plot. You took a you gave a point to plot that I didn't, and took a point away from world building that I didn't. So, and I think if you combine those two, we we are pretty similar here because there's almost too much in this book. In fact. I would go as far to say there is too much. He is explaining. Not possible. There's, <laughs> I, it is very possible. He's explaining four different dynamics to you in in one book. Even in maybe you could even say in one part. Part three and part four, he is sitting you down in a cell. You can't move and saying, all right, this is how the magic system works. We've kind of done, we've kind of done vague references to it. You can, you've done guesswork up until now. I'm sitting you down. This is how it works, which is great. I completely understand the need for that. Again, middle book syndrome. I need to know the stakes. I need to know the rules going into book five. I get that. That is totally, I'm not saying that's a bad way to do it. I am saying it is a necessary evil and rhythm of war suffers for it. Still 10, but I, I docked a point on the plot because I felt the plot drags because of world building is a 10, if that makes sense. Theme. Yeah, I see what you mean. Theme is an eight. I love all of the themes that Brandon Sanderson is communicating in this book. He does a very good job of them. He does a great he does a great job of feeling like each individual character is on their own journey, on their own theme, while still tying them together within the book theme. I think he's one character one character one plot strand i should say that's that's not quite how i want to say that one plot strand too far in this book there's a little bit too much going on takes away from venley takes away from kaladin takes away from shallan shallan has some of the best moments in the storm that archive in this book it doesn't feel as impactful because it's not in words of radiance it's in rhythm of war does that make sense there's a there's a little bit too much going on for me yeah. Mm-hmm. I see what you're saying. I I have a question for you related to that, but I'll let you kind of round out your scores here before I ask it. Yeah, okay. Likewise. And then same thing with point of view. Um, I'm kind of tying those two together. The, the theme and the point of view is great. It's just, I think there's too many balls being juggled in the air and a couple of them are dropped. I, I appreciate what is trying to be, aimed at in this book and i think he does hit the target he doesn't hit the bullseye whereas the way of kings oathbringer those two books hit the hit the bullseye for me that puts me at a 41 out of 50 which i'm fairly certain puts this below words of radiance for me as a part of numbers go that is not how i would rate it compared like directly compared to words of radiance but that's the number i came to today um, I would probably rate it above Words of Radiance. Similar critique for both of the books. There are some of the best like action movie sequences in both books. The overall book as a whole doesn't quite press all the buttons for me, if that makes sense. 41 out of 50. 
So my question for you, you you made a lot of comments in there that I think are are definitely fair, and I follow your your logic train, especially with the kind of multiple plot strings all going on at the same time, sometimes in in different directions and making it perhaps a little hard to follow. What are what were your thoughts this time around versus the first time you read this? Specifically, I'm thinking of the first time you read this was incredibly quickly. Absolutely. Which I'm sure a lot of people consume these books in that manner where you're very excited about it. Yes, it is a colossal huge book, but you're you're going to sit down and you're going to you're going to pound it out in in a weekend or over the course of like a week. Whereas on this podcast, we did it much much slower than that over the course of more like 6 months. Did did your takes specifically on the kind of juggling multiple storylines, how did that change when you were consuming it really fast versus really slow? That's a great question. The the highs of Rhythm of War hit harder for me on the second. I, I liked the book more on my second read. I, I'll just start. I'll lead with that. The highs certainly had higher impact for me because of the slower moments dragged a little bit more for me. When, when you're binging a book, yep. especially when you're learning about the magic systems for the first time, I didn't mind that. I was like, oh, that's really cool to theorize about. And like, that's good information. I can go from that. I already knew that this time around. So this time, those parts are dragging a little bit harder for me. But then the the payoff, you know, moments and, you know, yeah, Tef dying, all, all that, all those payoff moments are, are higher for me, if that makes sense. I'm yeah. I'm wondering if this is a book that might go over a little bit better on a slower more studious read that those those parts where you've got a lot of different plot points going on i wonder if if you're taking it a little bit slower and taking time to just kind of focus on the plot point that you're on as opposed to going really fast and not really caring about what navani and raboniel are, are fighting over when you really just want to get back to adolin or you just want to get back to it Kaladin or, or whatever's going on. I wonder if going slower might fit this book a little better than some of the other ones, but that was just a thought. I'd have to go read it fast to see. <laughs> yeah, I I actually want to chime in. So my, when I initially thought about the plot, I put a five. And that was because I think the the points that we get to, the destination, if you will, is way better than the journey in this book to use um the, those terms Blasphemy. i i think that yeah i know i know i know that's so backwards i know i'm so sorry yeah um, the moments that we get to the pinnacle points are are definitely whenever we were there i was contemplating saying this is like hands down my favorite book and it might be it, it depends if we're talking about the high points or if we're like reading through the whole book because where the high points were so good, I feel like the book was so slow. Like, it, it is really f cool. Like, it it was good to learn about the magic system. We learned so much about Fabrioles. And honestly, like, the whole time we were learning about Fabrioles, I was like, I don't, like, it, this is personal, like, personal opinion. I was like, I don't care that much about the Fabrioles and how they work. I don't care that much about, like, all that stuff. And so... And that 
since we were going at such a slow pace, it would be like a month of of learning about Fabrials. Of Fabrials. <laughs> and I love the music theory yep. stuff. Like it was super fascinating. It was fun to theorize about. But was it so, it didn't feel entirely necessary to me. And it felt like a long time of kind of a drag and so, stuff. And so that was why I thought plot of like the points we get to, excellent, ten out of ten. The the how long it takes to get there also I feel like if you zoom out and kind of look at this kind of our narrative that happens almost in a vacuum of like we're at Urethiru, Urethiru is under attack and that's kind of like I feel like I lost magnitude and it took way too long for that to like be resolved and for things to happen. I was like it's been like feels like it's been a year shouldn't they all be dead by now or like right like so how are people still just hanging out and it was hard to follow and uh also i was kind of hoping that your theory would be like half of our book story if you will um it i didn't feel like it deserved that that conflict i didn't feel like that deserved to be the entirety of our book's conflict so here's here's a question i have for you i agree with most of what you said paul to alleviate we're talking about part three and how part three drags. It, it might be the beginning of part four as well, I think. And I think some of part two also. Uh, if I remember correctly, part two was pretty slow. The tower, In my head, that's where all the Fabrials were. But Yeah, it's, it, the tower falls at the end of part two. Um, and so to alleviate the, the drag, it's supposed to be Kaladin zipping around the tower defending nodes and you know fighting Leshwi and stuff which does happen but it doesn't it doesn't do its job for me like i'm i'm the biggest kaladin fan on the planet and these action sequences with kaladin are not working for me i mean they're they're fine I but i don't know why i don't know what it is about them that it's not like you know a parshendi bridge run those those like are really fun for me in the way of kings or the duels or, you know, stuff like that. I don't know what it is about zipping around the tower with this Iron Man gauntlet defending nodes that doesn't quite, doesn't quite do it for me. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I fully agree. I can't entirely put my finger on why it, it didn't appeal to me or excite me, but it, it didn't really. And I, I don't fully know if like, I think if you literally replaced it with the, they could surge bind, and this was more of just a head-on-head surge binder fight. It would have been way better, but okay. it felt like if you're playing a video game and you like, you know, you have to get from point A to point B, but like between point A and point B, they like throw in all these like things that set you way back. That's how it felt to me, and it was like it. It felt more like an annoyance of like hindering all of our characters rather than like a good storyline point everything you guys are saying makes sense i i too felt a bit of of boredom in some of those kaladin moments i wonder if it was just the the repetition of them of oh here we go he's gonna go fight another node and get beat up by the pursuer and <laughs> and raboniel yeah. but i think if you took those away the final showdown with kaladin and the pursuer would not have been nearly as impactful 
Absolutely. Where there's there's a there's a fantastic moment where Kaladin stands up to the pursuer and finally says, "I've taken away your greatest weapon because I'm no longer afraid of you." And that like that line, that one liner means more because you've been through all the the slog of Kaladin fighting against the pursuer when he is afraid of him and thinks he's going to lose but he's doing it anyway. It all kind of the, the payoff is all in that one little scene, which for me made it worth it, but perhaps just barely. It, it was a slog to get to that one that one scene. But I think if you if you if you were to take those away or do something different, you'd also have to do something different with that final scene because you need that that build up to get that payoff. I agree completely. That 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 was kind of my thoughts of I think this had the best moments to like capitalize at the end um and sign things off it just really felt like a slug getting to that point but yeah i feel i agree and that's why at times i literally thought about is this my favorite book in the series because those moments were so good and that is a lot of people's critique of the way of kings especially like casual stormlight read it like if you pick up the way of kings for the first time that is what a lot of people bounce off of the way of Kings for is because we're on another bridge run. Like, why are we on another bridge run? Just we, we know you're going to escape your, the bridge crew. Just do it already. Like that is a lot of, that's a lot of why people bounce off of the way of Kings, but that is why I love the way of Kings is because it takes them so long to get through all of that. And they're on that journey together as bridgemen and they're losing people. Like it's, it's intense for me and I don't know why, I, I never, I, well, I've probably feared for Kaladin's life once in this book that at no point, and I think him losing his surge mining is supposed to raise the tension, but for whatever reason, that doesn't happen for me. Yeah. I, I feel like as the reader, it, it wouldn't feel right at all for him to like, oh, his surge, like, like for him to die without like a full surge binder fight climax if that makes sense right so it, it like raised the stakes it, it like lowered the stakes by raising the stakes if you will is how it felt i felt there was more higher stakes or, or maybe just higher tension in the kaladin and Liren scenes yeah not the kaladin pursuer scenes i I'm think with you i think the kaladin and Liren scenes are some of the best drama best insert word here that we've had in Stormlight. Yep. Because yep. we're, we're talking about, you know, the Kaladin storyline maybe stalling a little bit or maybe being a little bit tedious in places. And I think it was at a few times. But overall, especially when I compare it back to Oathbringer, overall, I think the Kaladin plotline in this book is fantastic. Right. The, the, the dialogue, the conflict that we get between Kaladin and Lyran from chapter one, I was going back through my notes thinking, oh, at some point early on in this book, they really get into it on the whole surgeon versus soldier. That's chapter one. Yep. They get into that. And so to set the tone with that and then wrap it up with the epic chapter where Kaladin speaks his fourth oath and saves his father and his father acknowledges the worth uh, uh, that Kaladin has and the hope that he's inspired in others. Like what a what a cool storyline. I 
now that you brought that up, I do want to talk about that. What did you guys think of part one of this book? Because part one of that this book seems fairly isolated, fairly different than the rest of the book. I I view point part one and part five of Rhythm of War very differently than the rest than the middle parts. I I really that this book kicks off with a really intense full ten chapter action sequence of rescuing Hearthstone, running from the fused, battling the fused in the air. Like, what what did you guys think of part one of the book? I did. I did love part one. Uh, in my head, like the bookends of this book were excellent. Part one did so much for me in, in that's the most I've, we see Moash come, right? And he just like torments Kaladin, like in yep. front of his face, does like the most devious things you can. That's why I'm saying the villain character building was really good. I was referencing that for Moash's story, at least. Um, and then, yeah, it felt like kind of a big lull until we got to like part five, I guess. Um, but I think part one was excellent, and I think part five was groundbreakingly excellent, like phenomenal. Now, all of this being said, personally for me, if Stormlight was split into four movies, which is a terrible idea, but if Stormlight was split into four movies, this would be the best movie. I think Rhythm of War would make for the best action sequences, would make for the best on-screen dialogue. Um, If it was condensed down into a two and a half hour classic blockbuster film, I think Rhythm of War would be the best one. I, not to derail us too far since we're supposed to be talking about Rhythm of War, but I feel like we maybe even talked about this like in that walking through the airport or something like that. I think Words of Radiance is my least favorite of these books, but would make the best movie. Yep. There's, there's a very linear buildup in that book, which would make the most sense in a movie. This book, Rhythm of War, you'd have to do some weird things because you've got so many different settings and plot lines going on. Yeah. It could work. It would need, it would need precursor movies. I still stand by my, by my view of if these were put on screen, I do think you make words of radiance, the first movie in the I series. I forgot about that. You, you should start with that because it's very linear. It makes a lot of sense. Characters as they're introduced in words of radiance would still make sense. If you hadn't read it, I think. Uh, you tweak a couple things, you know, and then you could go back. The the next one is actually the prequel, words the Way of Kings, and I think you could do Oathbringer, or Rhythm of War, and I think I think it would work great, uh, in that kind of way. But yeah, I, I see what you mean though. Like, there's a lot of really hype build up. I think the one thing, if we're talk, if if we're really being picking up about movie stuff is at the start, we see the villain of Moash. But at the end, it's not resolved with Kaladin. If that was, like, resolved with Kaladin, then, yeah, it would be an excellent standalone movie, in my opinion. Like, probably the best like the best in the series. But, um, man. But Words of Radiance would also be excellent. I always think of the, the scene between Kaladin and Zeth over the high storm. Like, that, that would be one of the coolest scenes in film ever. Like, it would be so sick. All right, favorite character. 
from this book specifically. I said that Adolin was my favorite from this book. Um, I think what he does in Shadesmore and with the Spren, with Kalak, like his dialogue, we're seeing him step and almost becoming like the new Dalinar, right? He is Dalinar's son. But what we know of, of Adolin's character thus far is not similar to Dalinar. He He's kind of the like, almost like snotty-nosed brat um, who who's more like pompous, cares about his appearance and things like that, more material than Dalinar, who's very like rigid code of honor. We're starting to see Adolin show up in a really big way. Like, I don't know what you call it. Ethically, like, like in his in his code of honor, his his like personal, the the way he conducts himself. Um, we've seen a lot of fruit pay off with his just general care for his shard blade, Maya, which is just like a a plus. It's like a little side plus. Um, but the way he stands up and argues on behalf of the Knights Radiant was one of my favorite parts of the book. Yeah, uh, for sure, and, and definitely a lot of like character growth. Of I, I can't imagine first book Adolin like doing anything like this. Yeah, um, and so it, just a huge step from we kind of had our biggest fighting characters. It felt like in previous books, Kaladin and like Adolin and Words of Radiance become more diplomatic and uh, counseling characters, and I think it worked really well. I think it worked excellent, specifically for Adolin as well. I think it worked super good. Paul, I'm curious what you choose for Stormlight 5, because for The Way of Kings, you chose Zeth. And then for this book, you chose Adolin, which as far as like page count goes or time on screen, those are fairly like C-level, like, I'm not saying like they're bad characters, but as far as like page count goes, they don't get that much in those books that you're picking them on. So it's interesting to me that you're picking Adolin when he does not have that much page time in this book. That's 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 a really good point. I, I have done that in probably all of our books because I probably said Zeth for all the other books thus far. Um, so Zeth always gave me a hope of of the really, really excellent screen time. We have more screen time from, from Zeth in this book, and he's probably, like... I've been on the fence about this. I don't know if I can fully say he's my favorite character overall right now. But I think that will change in book five. I think book five will solidify him as my favorite. That's my prediction. Um, it's really like the other characters are too hard for me to resist. Like, Kaladin has a lot of screen time. Uh, in this book, Navani has a lot of screen time. I think... The times that I saw the character, per how engaged I was, is kind of how I'm, I'm I'm viewing that. Whenever Zeth was mentioned in the first books, oh, I was so zoomed in, I was I was captivated. Um, Adolin in this book, whenever he is on the screen, if you will, on the page, he is doing great things throughout. Like so, such a high screen time per quality average, right? Whereas, like, Navani was awesome in this book. She she grew, like, there's a lot of development. Her really stepping into a bigger role. Standing up for a lot of good things. 
but like my engagement per time that she was on the screen was not that high. She did good things, but like it wasn't like action packed, if you will. Maybe maybe that's like the root of of my ratings is kind of action packed, like value per word, if you will. Right. Now that you've thrown Navani under the bus, I'm gonna <laughs> go pick her up and and dust her off. I'm sorry. Because <laughs> it's okay. I I follow it. I follow what you were saying, but. Navani was my favorite actually for for this book for a couple of reasons. One was just the chance to get to know her better because before she was at least C tier as far as screen time again. Right. You know, she was very much just kind of on the side. I think we even talked about this. We didn't know quite what to think of her coming out of Oathbringer. It was like, okay, well, there's Navani. But, we don't quite know. I mean, before Rhythm of War, I wouldn't be surprised if she had less than five point of view segments in in Words of Radiance and Oathbringer. Yeah, something something pretty small like that. I our our engagement with her is very small. But then here it was full on is this Fenley's book or is it Navani's book? Like yes. we spent a lot of time in Navani's head, which I thought was a good thing. I really enjoyed getting to examine her character a little bit more. And I was very pleasantly surprised by the journey that she did go on. And I, maybe it's just the fact that I'm an engineer and, and I relate a lot with her, but the, the, the development that we got from her, I thought was fantastic to start this book out with seeing her get very much shoved aside by Gavilar very much just kind of, Oh, you're, you're useless. Maybe not quite that strongly, but very much this, are you really a player on the big scale in this story? And then we see her climb her way up the, the self-confidence ladder of figuring out what she is capable of and figuring out that she can make a difference even though she's not a warrior, even though she's not a soldier. I think all the rest of our main characters, Shalon included in a lot of ways, are very war-oriented. They're soldiers. They yeah. are fighters. They are protectors. Shalon is a spy. What is Navani? That was kind of her journey in this, was who am I? How do I contribute? And she figured out, she, she literally figured it out as she was going through this and solved the puzzles and did the the mental fencing with Robonio throughout the whole thing. And it has such a fantastic payoff at the end where she becomes a freaking bondsmith. Yeah. Who had that prediction from end of last book? Not me. I would willing be willing to bet not anyone. Like that is that was a twist. We we kind of maybe got a sense it was coming as we were going, but if you if you had thrown me that you know at the beginning of the book, I'd have been like, nah, no way, not even on the list. So that I, I really enjoyed the journey, and, and it was super cool. Navani's now probably top five of characters for me, and definitely my favorite in this one. Nice. What about you, Trevor? Mine is probably Teft, with a honorable mention for Sill. And both of those have to do with the Kaladin storyline, which I do really appreciate in this book. But I don't... 
I don't think Kaladin carries his own storyline in this book. I think he is a engine to have the audience be spoken to by Brandon, which is not a bad thing. Um, it is part of Kaladin's character to be coached and helped along even when he doesn't feel he needs it, which is the most important time where people can come alongside him and tell him it is okay to be struggling with what you're struggling with. Sill included, Dalinar included, Adolin, Teft, you know, all of those people speaking into to Kaladin, not just in this book, but up until this point, is really is really important for Kaladin to be able to get to where he gets to in this book. And I do think Kaladin will shine in book five because of all of this investment from other people. But because we definitely will not get any more from Teft, I do think Teft is my favorite character uh, in in this book because of what he stamps onto Kaladin's life. So I I would I would say Teft with a, a Sill honorable mention. I just don't think it's Sill quite yet. It has a high possibility to be Sill in the future because the potential of really inspirational character is definitely there for Sill, but not quite yet. One thing I want to throw in right quick before we move on. Um, I think Navani is my most improved favorite character. Like, like yep, I would agree up that. the most points on my list. Adolin was already like among my very, very favorites starting this book. And he really sealed at home uh, with his parts. But Navani was great. I was thrilled whenever she became the other another Bondsmith, which which is saying a lot for for maybe even the start of this book. I don't know if I would have wanted that, but yeah. Anyways, throw I, throwing that out there. I think Adolin is my most improved because Adolin's not very high on the list for me. But before this book, Navani's higher on the list than I think she was for you, Paul. Starting uh, Rhythm of War, so. But mm-hmm. Navani oh, certainly Im- sure. improved uh, based on her, her page count, but Adolin, I think, is most improved for me. I, if we're going with the most improved theme, I might throw Venley out there, too, as most improved, but that's not saying a whole lot because she goes from, like, 48th on the list to, like, 18th. 25th, right. 40th. Yeah, yeah, 20th, yeah. Yeah, she she's still, she's not top 10, yet even still but she went from who is that to okay i appreciate your your story and you definitely had some cool moments yeah let's let's dissect that a little further this is venley's book as far as like quotes go if if you're talking about the way of kings and who has the flashback perspectives it's kaladin shallan dalinar all those three are fairly obvious who were who were focused on to to character develop like not to say that other characters don't get development but that is their book that's we're dissecting their their plot when i recorded the rhythm of war special episode that we did by the way this will go live two years to the day that we were that that episode went live anyway um that's pretty cool when 
We recorded that episode. I said. I just realized we can go watch that now. Yes, you can. Yeah. Go watch that. Exactly. I was watching briefly yes, er, earlier today. But I said, I made the claim this is Navani's book. I'm not sure I still believe that. I actually do think Venley shines brighter in this book than Navani does. Wow. But, but it is, it is a couple percent, percent points. Like, why does Navani get, I would even go as far to say, definitely more present day page count than Venley does. If you combine flashbacks and present day, Venley probably still gets more. But why does Navani get such a huge spotlight if this is Venley's book? I have a suspicion that what we've joked before about our characters getting their huge breakthroughs the book after. Um, and I kind of have a sneaking suspicion that we might have a real big breakthrough with Venley in book five okay. compared to this. I would I would agree I, I with you saying this is Navani's book. I think this is Navani's book. At, like, we start with her in the prologue. We we get even like it felt like a very linear story or story development from that point to what we see Navani at now. She ends the book by bonding the sibling, which is a really big deal and a really huge climax and like the huge reveal, huge development that she like worked to be accepted by the sibling and so much stuff went into it. She found anti-void light she like put in so much legwork for our story for our heroes um that like it's it's just her book i i can't uh, yeah i'll leave it at that it felt like navani's book it did not feel like venley's in comparison i think i might have a guess on why brandon did it did it the way he did and this is going to start to bridge over into my predictions for Stormlight 5. I think in Stormlight 5, we are going to spend a significant amount of time diving into the unmade and the nature of the fused and the singers even more than we have before. I, I think we're going to get into like the nature of Roshar as a planet. And I think Ba'edo Mishram is going to play a lot into that. I think the singers are going to play into a lot of that as natives of this planet. And so I think Brandon wanted us to have the pause and make give you insight into the singers and help you relate to them a little bit more before we could get into that in five. And so I think that's why book four was always going to be a singer point of view. Maybe perhaps Eshenai, or I'm not quite sure how all that went down of when he like switched over to Venley or, or however that happened in his planning. I think that he always needed that to happen. But I think the Navani storyline made more sense with the plot he was running with. And so he needed the tower to be kind of the focal point of this book. And Navani was the big player in that. And so it feels more like Navani's book. I completely agree. But he he kept all of the Venli stuff in there, flashbacks and all of that, because I think that is going to be set up for the next book. That being said, I wouldn't be surprised if Venli herself 
doesn't actually play a large part in that's, Stormlight 5. That's what I was going to chime in. I don't... Here's one of my predictions for Stormlight 5. I don't think Venli is in Book 5. I would say at all. I could I could go as far to say that that I don't think Venli is in Book 5 at all. I think the singers are gone. I think they are... The listeners. I'm, I'm sorry. Yes. I think the listeners are gone. I think they will re... I think they will come back for the back five. But I think as far as our contest of champions are leaving Roshar to go... However we leave Roshar at the end of book five, I think the listeners are done. I think they are establishing their own nation again. They're doing whatever. They're petting their chasm fiends or whatever is happening over there. Um, but I don't think we will... I don't think they're coming back that quickly to become allies, enemies, frenemies, whatever for for book five. Uh, I'm completely on board with that. With one little caveat, if we do somehow get like a battle for Roshar at the end of the book, I could see them like showing up, right. and participating, picking I, a side. The caveat I have is Leshwe. Leshwe is not included in that. Leshwe is coming back for book five, maybe even dies in book five. Um, Leshwe will be back. The listeners will not be. I I think tied into all of this as we start to bridge out, branch out beyond the planet that we've been on this entire time, as we start to maybe poke our toes into the wider cosmos. When I say we, I mean like the characters in this story. I think we're going to revisit the whole who has the right to this planet Yeah. question. We're going to get back to the whole is it humans or is it singers who belong on this planet? And I think we needed to feel some sympathy for the singers in order for that to be a dilemma for us in five. And I think the Venley storyline, the flashbacks there to watch like ancient culture singer listeners specifically interact with the humans kind of get their their innocence shattered a little bit by oh my gosh the world is so much bigger than we thought oh man we just got corrupted by void spren oh dang we just summoned the everstorm like all this stuff that kind of just happens to them i think we're supposed to feel some sympathy for them for all of that and that's going to be important later it's conditioning us as readers for what we're going to have to try and experience in five. 